Not content with your content? You've come to the right place. The Discontent Show with Joe Kuzma. Every brand starts with a story. Here's how you can grow your business by sharing it. Now with today's topic, the host of The Discontent Show, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Discontent Show. My name is Joe Kuzma, and I'm here with some more tips and tricks for your content marketing campaigns. And today, I want to talk about vanity metrics and why they're really not important. And this really set me off just the other day. I had, you know, one of these guys uh, approach me, and it's somebody that you think is a colleague in your own field, and really, it's somebody that's kind of posing as you know another type of marketer and they're trying to sell me on sharing things through their Facebook page and then paying them for however many likes that that post got and they show me something as an example that quite frankly didn't get a whole lot of reach to begin with and reaches how many people saw it how many reactions did it get? It's reactions now versus likes, of course. So it's like like, or if you love with the little heart or the wow, you know, there's like six, seven of them, right? Uh, on Facebook that you could click on. Well, those are the reactions. And it had like maybe 30 reactions. And it's like to someone that's unknowing, it almost comes off like a scammer, like somebody calling you on the phone or showing up at your doorstep and, you know, selling you something that you don't need or that isn't what they're necessarily what you think you're getting. And what I mean by that is, is those reactions don't really mean a hill of beans and aren't getting you anywhere, especially on somebody else's page, I have to say. But for also, you know, they're talking about a couple pennies here or there. When you add that up, and let's just say, you know, even based on, I think, like 30, it was still like a dollar something that I would much rather spend boosting my own Facebook posts and promoting my own Facebook page. And we get caught up in all of these vanity metrics. And I was talking about this with a colleague of mine. And we're talking about, he basically says, you know, the social media economy is fake. And I agree to a larger extent, but it doesn't mean it's something that you have to go where your audience is, okay? So you can't ignore the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams of the world. But what you also have to understand is, and this is like, this has been a big thing ever since I started this podcast and started the whole discontent platform, was a lot of people, they're not happy with where things are going, but you have to understand understand where to set the bar. And if you set your bar at this needs to have 100 likes and however many shares and get seen by 10,000 people, you're probably going to be an unhappy camper most of the time. Uh, the main reason is is like I feel as though Facebook pages are almost buried in the back of Facebook and have been for almost at least two years now. This used to be a thing, uh, even the Facebook groups used to be a thing where you would get a, a lot more reach, a lot more reaction. You could even share your page posts over to a group, which is almost all but disappeared now. Uh, they, I, I get what Facebook's doing. They're trying to limit people spamming people. That's one reason. The other reason is, is that they're trying to limit your business's reach so they can get you to pay for advertising. And there's nothing wrong with paying to boost posts on Facebook. It's something that I advocate for, and it's largely inexpensive. Like I said, you could spend a few pennies on that versus 
what this other person was recommending was I pay them and something gets shared of mine to their page, but it totally comes off as being their own content and that's just no good. Whenever you want to pay for this type of stuff, if you're going to and not go the organic route, just do yourself a favor and do it for yourself. And just ignore some of these scammers and some of these services out there. So I want to talk about the vanity metrics as part of that because selling somebody on like likes or reactions is just a totally wrong way to go about this. Uh, you need to, you know... I understand where it comes from that likes, reactions, shares, comments, it's going to get your post seen by more people. Primarily, you know, there's different algorithms within Facebook where, you know, engagement rate is going to push you up there. But basically, you're fighting for only so much organic space that Facebook's going to put out in front of another user. Think about it. If, there, if you see 10 posts, how many are by friends? Of those 10, I'd say eight. One's probably a sponsored post, and then one's an organic post from a page. And as more and more pages come online and are created on a uh, you know hourly basis, basically, you're competing with those people as well. So even if you have like 10,000 followers or, or fans of your Facebook page, there's a chance that, you know, less than 20% of those people are ever seeing anything that you post on there. And I don't mean that to be discouraging and I don't want you to think, well, I'm just going to stop posting there. That's the reason I advocate being consistent and having a schedule and a frequency of doing these things and mixing things up as well. Because sometimes you will end up sharing something just for the sake of kind of begging to get a little bit of traction on something, get a little bit of reaction and comments and shares. But every single thing you do can't be like that. You have to think of this if you've ever seen or heard the sales funnel and how it goes down you know uh it's very big at the top your funnel and then it goes all the way down like an inverted triangle at the very bottom and those are the people who buy your product or service and that's that's what your goal is here too with facebook is is that you know you're not constantly i should just say social media not just facebook but i got facebook on the brain you're, you're not just shouting at people to buy, buy, buy. You got to give them some things that make them feel good about your product or service or anything that's like that. And you got to know that audience and sometimes just kind of, I don't know, be cheesy or kind of sell out <laughs> and, and give them and give something uh, to them that's going to get a little bit more of those vanity numbers every now and then because then it boosts everything else that you end up doing. It means if they comment or, or give a reaction, the next time you post something, there's a higher likelihood since they've engaged with you that they will see it. But you don't have to worry if 30, 40, or 400, or 40,000 people liked the post. It's totally ir irrelevant to anything. Uh, your, your Facebook fans, the people who follow you on Facebook, uh, you know, it's one of those things where Facebook's a, a lot different animal here, and you may end up having to pay in order to get strangers to see your page, because your page probably started with friends and family liking it, and then as other people share your posts, okay, now they might get to see you, but it's become even harder and harder for people to just go and like pages like they used to in the past, and again, this isn't to discourage anyone from Facebook, because what ends up happening is SEO-wise, you need to have your Facebook page completely filled out and you need to make sure it doesn't look like a barren wasteland, like you look like a company that's still operating or just get rid of it entirely because what ends up happening is your Facebook page 
Facebook itself has a search bar and is a very powerful search engine in and of itself, but also Google and others are indexing your Facebook page and other Facebook pages, and then that's going to show up in search oftentimes higher than your own website will at uh, some time. So if you have a business that has, you know, store hours and, you know, phone number, physical address, things like that, make sure that's on your Facebook page as well. Now, that is way more important, <laughs> and th- with it being just active, uh, you post even if it's once a week, then that means it's still going to show up in search uh, rather high when it comes to Google or something like that. Unless somebody does like an exact search for your business name, if they're just doing like a generic search for like a plumber or something like that. Uh, I don't know what plumbers are doing on Facebook, but (laughs) you know what I mean, Uh, just as an example. So you want to just make sure that that's an active, uh, just like a website, if you have like a blog or something, post something to it every now and then, because then Google sees, hey, somebody's maintaining this, this business didn't close, it didn't close down, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, as far as everything else, if you have 20,000 people who like your page, that's great. But a lot of times people aren't coming directly to your page. The, The biggest thing is, is, you know, when you get something that gets shared, sometimes you just have to put things out there that are less informational and more entertainment because then when they get shared, it's going to increase your reach and your overall reach of those posts ultimately, hopefully, gets clicks through to your website or phone calls or people coming into your you know establishment to make a purchase. Ultimately, that's the final goal. It's the return on investment because otherwise, if none of that stuff's converting, then quite frankly, you may just be wasting your time. But at other times, just putting information out there isn't the worst thing in the world either because you just never know who's going to see it. So again, it sounds like a discouraging episode already, and I didn't even get to Twitter, which, you know, the Twitter followers is kind of interesting. But in, in the in the case of Twitter, your followers are going to see what, they're, what you're going to put out there. It's almost usually in that instant unless it's something that's deemed popular that you can't miss for that day. And then you may receive an email or next time you log into Twitter, that may be the first thing that's you know shoved in front of your face. But the same thing kind of the principle applies here. Okay. Some people like posts. I absolutely hated when Twitter added the little favorite or like button, a little heart on there because what people used to do was they used to retweet and they would retweet anything that they liked. Now they kind of, you know, cop out here and they don't have to retweet it. And that means that their friends and people following them aren't going to necessarily see it too. So, uh, necessarily this is not always the same deal as Facebook, but in a way it is because a lot of users on Twitter aren't logged in at the same time as you're posting and a lot of things are in the moment on Twitter. But maybe somebody, if you're an interesting follow, maybe they have alerts set for you and things like that. So there are ways to kind of walk back and get some of that and you could uh, get or <clears throat> they get their attention or the way they will find you and once again it's something where they could find you via, via SEO uh, just basically you know Google or anything like that 
they might see your Twitter profile pop up too. But I totally get it. You know, it's a t- it's a tough hill to climb with Twitter as well. It just seems like people aren't following as many Twitter accounts, and I think some of this is the social media noise. But you do decide ultimately which of these arenas that you're going to want to play in and which best suit your business. Because again, this is marketing. You know what I mean? How many people drive by a billboard and ignore it? It's still the same principle. Nothing is surefire guaranteed. So don't get discouraged. The same thing is with blog posts. And, you know, how many people see a blog post? More or less, you have to kind of keep it. This is almost the same thing. I'm going to throw podcasts in here too, as well, because, you know, how many people listen to your podcast? And you could have like a thousand people listen to your podcast, but if only one person actually buys your product in the case of the services that, you know, I provide, then, you know, it's kind of an uphill battle there too. And you, you just got to know where you're putting your time in. But a lot of people see that, you know, your blog posts, it's like, okay, we reached, you know, 3,000 people with this uh, article that we put up. But how many of them actually like read the whole thing? Maybe you had a catchy headline, which is always the case on social media, right? You put in a question or a catchy headline, and people don't even read it. They just comment, and you know they don't even read the article. Uh, oftentimes, they make comments that are contradictory to what was actually written by yourself, right? But I digress. You got to look at like a bounce rate. You got to see how much time people are spending on your website and see if you're actually providing something that's, you know, of value for them to stick around. The podcast thing is the same way because if somebody only listens to like two minutes of a 20 minute podcast, then that's not really doing you much of any good either. So those are other things to consider as well. And if you happen to do some email marketing campaigns, the your open rate is something that you get real excited about, right? You're like, you're in a MailChimp and it tells you 20% of people opened it. And in your industry, as you said, usually 17% is the average. And while I'm excited, I'm above average and I'm doing really good. But what you really want to look at is the number of people who are actually clicking through. Hopefully you have links within your email that are leading people back to your website, product, service, et cetera, et cetera. That is something that's even more important. And obviously you got to see, you know, if people are uh, unsubscribing, if you have hard bounces, which means they're bad emails, maybe somebody used a fake email to sign up. You got to keep that type of stuff in mind because in the same way as followers, a subscriber number might be incorrect as well with those email stuff, especially if you're offering a, like some type of freebie, like a, a white paper on something or a guide, and you have to give somebody and they have to give you their email address in order to access this freebie, which is always a good thing. Now you've captured their contact information, but also keep in mind the fake economy, as my friend would say, <laughs> because some people are just they're going to have a throwaway email address these days, or just use a fake one, or game game whatever input that, that form that you use in order to get the freebie, and then not have to hear from you ever again. And that doesn't necessarily do you any good. So hopefully the freebie is good enough to sell you. Uh, or, or your business on its own in the event that somebody would do something like that. And people do do things like that, by the way. But um, you, you have to know also what your conversions are on that. And meaning if somebody downloads something like that or you have so many people via an email subscription list that you're sending out, 
How many of those people are buying products? So you got to weigh and balance all of these things. And, and the reason being too is, is because of, I, I mentioned the scammer right out the gate, you know, there's people out there always looking to get a buck off of you, but some of this is going to cost you uh, not only time, but real money, depending on what you do, because you know what, running an email marketing campaign that might cost you some money to have an actual service or, you know, on your website, you're paying for hosting, you're paying for a blog, you're paying to boost Facebook posts. Uh, these are all things that are within an advertising budget, but if you're running on a slim budget, you got to keep these things in mind, and uh, this will hopefully help you focus on what's most important while also not really discourage you, you know, as far as your uh, efforts when it comes to any type of the content marketing, particularly social media, because uh, you know what, uh, there's just a lot out there. But when you start to make waves you're going to see how it really pays off. So uh, my name is Joe Kuzma. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And as always, um, I'd like everyone to like, comment, and subscribe if you uh, have any means of doing so based on where you're listening, particularly on YouTube. It does help on YouTube. I will say that much because the more people that are engaged on a particular video is going to help that video get seen up front. But once again, don't sell, don't necessarily sell out because when you begin to clickbait people and you don't necessarily give them what they you or what they're perceived as getting up front uh, and you just kind of like do a bait and switch on them, uh, they're just going to tune you out entirely. So do not sell out entirely for these vanity metrics. That is my final message. I hope you enjoyed the show. Until next time, I encourage all the listeners out there to be safe, be good, and I'll catch you later. Hi folks, this is Joe Kuzma. <laughs> no, don't worry, you're not hearing things twice. I'm just here to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to today's show and being a follower and subscriber of the Discontent Podcast. And I want to remind you that if you're interested in more information about all the various things it is that I do, whether it be about this show, content marketing, or you want to ask a question, you may visit me at joekuzma.com. That's J-O-E-K-U-Z-M-A dot com. Or you can follow me as well on Facebook. Make sure you get the page and not the personal profile. Sorry, it's only for friends and family. Also on Twitter at Joe underscore Kuzma, LinkedIn or Instagram. Also, don't forget, if you haven't already, subscribe, whether that be on iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss out on any of the great episodes that we have. Once again, thank you again for your support. And I look forward, as always, to speaking and interacting with each of you again soon.